Welcome to Raidercast, the Lara Croft and Tomb Raider podcast. Tis once again the season for all things spooky, and in this episode we're going to be celebrating the monsters and the miscreants of the series with a wonderful special guest. You might know her from Twitter, you might know her from Discord, you might even have had the pleasure of meeting her at one of the Tomb Raider celebrations in Derby. So listeners, please give a warm Raidercast welcome to Nina. Oh, hi guys. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. I think the first time we met was at Derby in 2001? Sorry, no. 2021. 21. <laughs> Slightly more recent. <laughs> yeah, 2021. It was TR25. It was TR25. And I remember sitting outside Costa with you in the station before we went home or respective different homes and so you talking about like oh I'd love to be on Raidercast one day I was like I'd love to have you on Raidercast one day <laughs> I do I remember that yeah so this eating our toasties eating our toasties what a day <laughs> uh, so I hope you're well today and all ready for this episode um, thank you right I'm very excited would you mind telling us your Raider journey how you got to know Lara Croft and the Tomb Raider series and the little bit about the influence it's had on you Okay, so um, for those that don't know, I was actually born in the year of our Croft, 1996. <laughs> um, so I was born just before it came out. I was born in May, came out in November. So slightly older, but it doesn't matter. So I've actually never known life without Tomb Raider because it came out the same year I was born. And my dad being a PC gamer for as long as I can remember, you know, he was, as soon as it came out, like he was getting on PC and all that sort of stuff. Uh, my sister, she's 10 years older than me. So as I, you know, grew up and I was a toddler and a young child and stuff like that, she was like 14, so she was playing it. I used to watch her play it. My earliest memories is very strange because they're not really memories, they're just like snippets because they are so early on in, in, like in, my, in my childhood. Um, I remember being at my babysitter's house uh, when I was like, must have been like two or three years old and I was playing on her PlayStation on Croft Manor on Tomb Raider 1. Wow. Not getting very far, just running into walls, you know, things like that. And I remember my dad coming to pick me up and her front door was like somewhere over here. And I remember being sat there like playing it and not wanting to go home. Um, and there was another time where I would watch my sister play Tomb Raider 2 and Tomb Raider 3 um, when I was a little bit older, maybe like four or five. And um, Tomb Raider 3 actually scared me that much that she had to put the Shrek soundtrack on CD to, to listen to in the background <laughs> so that I wouldn't get scared. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, basically I've just grown up with it. Uh, I've never lived in a house without a copy of a Tomb Raider game. Um, I used to play it on PC when I was younger, like originally. And then obviously when I was like eight or nine, I then got a PlayStation, PlayStation 1, which was quite late, I think, because I think the PlayStation 2 was already out by then. I can't remember what year that came out. It was around 2000 though, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, I already had, um, you know, I had all the games, well, Tomb Raider 1 to 4 I'd had on PC because my dad had bought them. Um, but then one Christmas I got a PlayStation and I got Tomb Raider 1 and 3 on that. And I was like, I was away. I was like, that's it. Best Christmas ever. Fantastic. <laughs> and I still have that PlayStation now. That's the one I use today. Oh, wow. Yeah, it still works. Wow. With the little mini one. With yeah. the, the, like, the tiny one and then, yeah. The rounded corners. Still, uh, I still have that from when I was like eight or nine years old, that one Christmas. 
Yeah, and so it's always kind of just been a part of my life, really. Like, as I got older, you know, uh, bad day, it was playing Tomb Raider. You know, a fight with my friends or my parents, come home and play Tomb Raider, you know. And then um, I kind of, as I got older, because, I, you know, adulthood happens and, you know, you start working. And you, in my case, I had a child at 19, so I was, you know, busy doing that. It wasn't really until the pandemic, I think, when a lot of people kind of reverted back to um gaming and things like that and having the time to go and actually do that and that was kind of when i um basically my husband and i at the time we split up we separated um i went through a bit of, bit of a rough time with emergency housing and things like that because obviously i wasn't working because of the pandemic and i had my little boy um and yeah it was just a rough time really all through all through the pandemic in that respect and then I remember I couldn't see my mum and dad because they were like both high risk. Mm. So I was pretty much all on my own. Like I didn't really have many friends at the time. Um, I wasn't really talking to anyone, you know, uh, friends wise, because they were all kind of, I had a couple of friends that worked in the NHS who were busy doing that. And yeah. then my dance friends, because we weren't working, we kind of went our separate ways, didn't really talk anymore. Um, I couldn't see my family. My husband and I had just split up. So I had literally like, apart from my little boy who I was also homeschooling at yeah. the time, um, there was no one and that's when i found like the online tomb raider community and again that's when it got, it got sucked back into the world of tomb raider and um found all you guys so yeah <laughs> that is that is so lovely that is just it's so lovely to to hear that you sort of reconnected in such a tough time and going from your earliest memories right through to now that is that's i love it i love it it, oh. Yeah, it's, it's always been a, a consistent part of my life. And mm. my younger brothers, when I got older, they used to watch me play the same as I watched my sister and my dad play. Yep. And then even, you know, then my little boy started playing them, like <sighs> the old one. And um, more recently, like my partner as well, like I've got him into the old the old classic games and stuff like that. And I just think, wow, that's like three generations of people. That's like my dad, my, my, me, my sister and my brothers my son and then because of the remasters coming out in february i was thinking imagine if they last another 30 years as well like that's crazy oh, it's fantastic it's so good <laughs> it is it is it is so good in that regard as well because for so long people were like oh i'd love to have remasters because you know classic lara deserves a, another time a chance to shine sort of thing but it is also so much about preservation of those games mm -hmm. and what the, the massive impact that they had on video games in general and it's just great that they yeah. are coming back in that regard so happy and do you know what else as well like the people involved in making them because obviously my relationship with tomb raider now since being online with the community and stuff is very different to when i was a, a child oh, yeah. yeah because now i'm obviously able to like talk to the people who were involved in making the games you know like uh, shelly blonde you know she's very lovely and i've got her on twitter and uh, i speak to janelle as well on instagram from time to time yeah. And um, even, you know, when I've been to the events and the dev talks and things like that, they talk to you and they care about what you thought. Because back then it wasn't just about, you know, making money and things like that. It was about people wanting to make a good game. Yes. And that's exactly what they did. And that it shows because we're all coming back nearly 30 years later to celebrate it. So Exactly. Wow. Did you have a, a funny anecdote from the recent Tomb Raider Derby event where one of the Tomb Raider 3 developers asked you what you thought about the upcoming remasters and what was it what was it you said <laughs> yeah so uh, i was <laughs> oh god i don't know what is wrong with me basically i was lining up to get my, my games signed games two and three signed by the the devs and, and judith gibbons 
and uh, Andy Sandham asked me who, uh, what, sorry, what I thought about the uh, remasters coming out, like when they were announced and stuff like that. And I said to Andy Sandham, without realising at the time who I was actually talking to, because I kind of just kind of zoned out and started fangirling a little bit. Um, I said that when I found out about the remasters, I nearly shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, he was really nice about it. He was like, that's just the, he was like, that's just the reaction I was hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> but he was really nice. They all, they were all really nice. Wonderful. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so without further ado, I think we should dive into the games. And today you're going to tell us your top five scary moments of Tomb Raider. I am indeed. Let's count down backwards. What is your number five? So this is just a disclaimer before we start. I do have a top five and an honourable mention. However, before I get into those, I would like to say that there was one time where my sister let me play Tomb Raider 4 on the PC. Mm-hmm. And I was must have been like seven years old. And she said I could go on it, just don't save over a save file. And so she'd gotten all the way, I think, to like Cleopatra's Palaces. Okay. And I'd started from right at the beginning... And I think I saved it on like the Tomb of Set or something like that. And I saved over it by accident. And I just want to say that none of these moments are as scary as that day. <laughs> <laughs> My number five is we're starting off quite mild, but there's still quite, it got me. It got me and it still gets me to this day. Is uh, I think it's the city of Kamun in Tomb Raider 1. And there's the it's the part in the sand room. Yes. And you have to like pull the lever and all the sand falls through and all that. Yeah. So there's a the a corridor coming off that room and it's very like you know what I mean? It's like this way and that way and this yeah. way and that way. And you can't see what's around the corner and all of a sudden one of those Atlantean mummies pop out. And I had a hard time picking this one actually because it was it was a cross between that mummy or the one uh, in the I don't know if it's the same level or not it might be a different level but in the water room at the top when you move the crate and the mummy pops out of that room there I think that that one yeah. as well had a very similar effect yeah. but I feel like the corridor because it's more enclosed and you can't actually fight it properly until you go through the corridor into the next room and you have like more space and stuff like that no that was too much for me I nearly you know shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> The noise those things make. Oh, it's awful. And you know what? It's not not so much the, you know, that. It's the, it's the, what they do. I don't know. (laughs) It's not that sound at all. But you know the screeching that they do? Yes. As they jump, that sort of. Yes. Yeah, that. That is too much. And the camera goes all weird and I can't see what I'm doing. And then I start panicking. <laughs> I think we're going to be doing that again when the remasters come out because I think oh, I, I absolutely uh, will. I zoomed in on the face of one of them as it jumps towards her in that trailer, and now they have teeth. Oh, so they do. Fun. Yeah. Oh. Really spiky teeth. Oh, I don't like them. Oh. Yeah, it's interesting as well. You mentioned the one at the top of the uh, the water room in that same level because I think that was. One oh, of, it's uh, too much. One of Claire's. Uh, previous Raider cast guest, one of her top scary moments as well. And I had trouble finding 
footage of that because I think it only appears on either the PlayStation version or the PC version. And in one of them, it's not there. So I was looking through loads of footage. I was like, she, got, she had a false memory. She can't have, I remember it as well. No, it's definitely there. It's, it's there on my PlayStation. So yeah, there we go. I think probably the PC be... version where it's not there, but you probably can't find any footage of it, Chris, because everyone that's played that level has died <laughs> of a heart attack. Before they had a chance to <laughs> upload it. <laughs> Did you actually, speaking of those things, did you, I was going to say, did you have any sort of similar fear of the actual unwrapped mummies or the Atlanteans? Or is that actually going to be... <laughs> mummies unwrapped. Yeah, mummies unwrapped. <laughs> 2.0. <laughs> um, no, I didn't actually. It was really strange. I think because I could see them. Fair. Whereas obviously when they're mummies, you know, they're all wrapped up and you can't, you don't really know what's underneath until you get, you know, to Atlantis and all that sort of stuff and all them weird levels. Um, but what was actually quite creepy, I thought, when you get to Atlantis and there's that room with the, the doppelganger Lara, Bacon Lara. Bacon Lara. And the way that she's just copying her and she's just like this Atlantean version of it. It's very strange. It's, even now, it's just the, the atmosphere is eerie. Yeah. And even though I know that, you know, it's just a game and it's just like, you know, blocks <laughs> as it is now, you know, it's not, the graphics aren't even realistic for today's standards, you know, <laughs> obviously back then they would have been. Um, yeah, there's, not, there's nothing creepier than that little thing, I think. It is very unnerving. It is very unnerving. Shall we go on to your number four? We will go on to my number four. My number four is Living Quarters in Tomb Raider 2, where you are swimming to unlock the, uh, I think it's like a hatch or something, uh -huh. and there's an underwater lever. And you know, at, at this point, you're used to like, you know, sharks and barracudas and things like that. So you're like, oh, no sharks, no barracudas, that's fine. And then that bloody eel pops out of the dark. <laughs> yeah. And why does it only have like one eye? Well, that might just be my PlayStation on the TV, but I'm sure it's only got like one eye that I can one eye that I can see anyway. That is just vile. The that's vile. Is it? There's a I think there's a couple of them in that game, but there's one that's like yellow or stripy. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one I think I'm mm. talking about. It's, it's black and it's got the yellow lines. Ah, that's yeah. The yellow stripes. I think that's the same one. So, a lot of people they grew up being afraid of swimming in the ocean because of Jaws. I grew up afraid of swimming in the ocean because of those eels. I'm just scared of the ocean because of Tomb Raider. I mean, not so much anymore as I've grown up, but funnily enough, I don't trust any water in any of the Tomb Raider games. Never have since I was a kid. And the thing what I would do when I was a kid is like, if I come to like any kind of like water, I mean, even like in the city of El Cabamba in Tomb Raider yeah. 1, where there's the pool in the middle of the room, I would like just stand there and press the look button and just like look inside. Just in and just wait for something to swim past. And then, I swear to you, if I accidentally fell in, my finger would hit that escape button so fast for the inventory to come up, and I would just like, oh, no, not for me. I wouldn't even dare risk it. I used to play the Croft Manor a lot until I actually like had the cojones to go and do the levels and actually swim in the water. And still to this day, I don't like it. It is wonderfully terrifying. Um, and I think, yeah, in large part, it is because of the things you don't know are in there, the things that might be in there. And I think you just summed that up perfectly by just like, just looking, just just wait and see, just in case there's something in there. Oh yeah, and I would I would stay there for a good five minutes looking. Oh. And then because obviously like the shadows, how they moved, they did the shadows underwater, and how they move like with the 
the way the water was supposed to be moving on the surface sort of thing. And, you know, it's like, oh, what's that? Is that a crocodile? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it's not a crocodile. <laughs> but I'll wait another two minutes just in case it was. <laughs> oh, that eel, there is something absolutely terrifying about it. And I, it makes a sort of barking noise as well, sort of a... Yeah. As it goes towards her. And the thing is, it's Ooh. like, it's... The classic, you know, Tomb Raider jump scare, and there is a lot of them. Um, but if you just kind of, if you have enough, you know, breath underwater to actually stay and look at the thing, like from a safe distance, it's just creepy. It just looks weird. It doesn't even look like an eel. Oof, it is. It is a very weird thing. Although, I think we got off lightly with those because IRL, those things, if they bite you, there's some, I, I don't know if it's toxin or a venom, but it's something that's like a, an anticoagulant that thins your blood and basically you just keep bleeding. You just, you have to get like serious medical attention for a wound that's been uh, inflicted by a moray eel. So yeah, her health could have slowly gone down if she'd have been bitten, but... Everyone has just witnessed when I will have made the decision to never swim ever again. Or play Tomb Raider 2 ever again. <laughs> or play Tomb Raider 2 ever again. <laughs> it is very scary. Let's move on to your number three terrifying moment. Okay, so this one is... I was. This is actually like one that I've thought about ages ago, that like if I had to make a list of like the ones that I was scared of the most, this was always the, one of the ones that came to mind straight away. So this one is uh, from Tomb Raider 3 from Crash Site. Oh. And it is the room where I think you have to go and get the Tuckerman's key. And it's a big dark room with levers. Oh, yes. And you go in there and it's pitch black. Even if you have a flare out, it's still pitch black. And, you know, you found a lever, you pull it, and then all of a sudden a raptor comes out <laughs> from absolutely nowhere. <laughs> And you're kind of fumbling, looking for like something to stand on a platform or something like that to shoot them. And yeah, it's the, there was a lot of dying going on in that room. <laughs> the room of death. <laughs> I, uh, I recently, I watched uh, my husband Alfredo play through that room for the first time. And he was of a very similar opinion. There was lots of, lots of swearing happening at that point. It is <laughs> it's just the fact that these raptors come out of nowhere. You're absolutely right. They do. They literally, not in and, and I've been in that room on a, a couple of playthroughs and I have searched the room beforehand just in case. Yep. And there is nothing in there. Yep. So obviously they, they trigger from somewhere when you pull the lever, obviously. But um, I think that makes it a little bit more scary. Oh, me too. And it's really cool as well because we should be terrified of these dinosaurs. And I think the one that always gets the sort of like the fear vote is that first T-Rex because it sort of looms out of the darkness towards her. But when the environment there is quite bright, so yeah, I don't know. I think the darkness in Tomb Raider 3 in that one room really contributes to that. Oh, fitting for today. It does well, give so. a very Tomb Raider 1 feel about it, I think. Yeah, it does. It does. There's also the room directly above that. I think when you've finally done those switches and then you go upstairs and there's the corpse and there's the key. And there's another one. And that one appears from nowhere as well. <laughs> it's like, oh great, they can climb. So that's that's fantastic. <laughs> so nowhere is safe. Like, do they live here? <laughs> like ghost raptors just phasing through walls. <laughs> Ooh. I would love to see the dinosaurs back. And I think in 
in a horror setting, kind of along the lines yes, of that. Yes, that just would described. be good. That would be great. Dinosaurs were pretty like a staple of the classic Tomb Raiders, I think. I mean, Tomb Raider 4 was the first one to not have any dinosaurs in it. Mm. Yeah. We're moving swiftly on now to your number two. <laughs> As it were. Such a child. <laughs> <laughs> so my number two is um, Angel of Darkness. Ooh. Um, it is the sanitarium. Oh, good choice. Which is just horrendous. It's just horrendous. The 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 dankness of it all, the dreariness, the grey, mm. and then you know, I mean, that's creepy enough on its own, just the atmosphere. But then you got them, the mutated the inmates the or whatever they are, like jackets. zombie people, like running. I mean, they are running towards you. Oh my god, no, I didn't like that. <laughs> that is like a number two for me, for sure. They There's are, no way that yeah. that would be anywhere lower down on the list. It reminds me of when Resident Evil started to introduce running zombies. Because yes, they, it was yeah. very Resident Evil-like. Up until that point in the series, or maybe even in the game, all of the enemies are relatively slow. You had like some of the people in and around Paris or in Prague, and they're the soldiers, or where else have we been at that point? The skeleton warriors, but they... They're not. Yeah, they weren't very fast, fast, were they? But those things sprint towards you, making weird ass noises. Flailing. Yeah, with their long arms, like Mr. Tiggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another horror story right there. The the atmosphere in those sanitarium levels is just. I think maybe when I'm editing this episode, I may even just let that soundtrack play for like thirty seconds, just to put everyone even more in that sort oh, of Halloweenish mood. It is very good. Um, I, I kind of, I would have liked to have explored more of that. I know it's a bit of a sadistic thing to. It's a, yeah, it's a shame it. that those levels weren't actually longer. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the sanitarium itself is only what, like, fifteen minutes at best. Yeah, maybe. Well, if you're fast, if you're good at the controls. Yeah. <laughs> Can't relate. Um, <laughs> there's also there's some awesome rooms in that area where, I think at one point you see like a. A prototype proto that's just like hanging upside down and they've like cut it yeah. open and it's dripping blood or there's another room with like the human experiment test subjects in these huge vats or like test tubes and it's yeah. like curtis is just in there like you can just imagine him thinking oh no no i'm good i'm just no i'm, I'm leaving that's fine just walking into this room <laughs> seeing things nope not for me this is weird <laughs> Did you say you had an honourable mention that you want to I talk about? do, and it is only an honourable mention because it isn't actually a playable moment. Oh, okay. But scary nonetheless. Mm -hmm. So it is another Angel of Darkness one. Okay. And it is the part where Lara is in the vent and she's watching Eckhart uh, kill Luddick, basically, through the, the grate in the vent and 
you kind of only get like really short snippets of what's going on and like a flash to Lara and then like, you know, down what she's watching and yeah. then back to Lara again. And then the rune on the wall made out of the, you know, the blood and... And then Edgar kind of like at the end like walks away and like Ludwig's just in the chair, dead on fire. Like I mean, like, I mean, I watched that because I knew I was going to be doing this video. And I went and watched that on YouTube the other day to make sure I was like remembering it right. Yeah. Cause it's been a long time since I played Angel of Darkness. And I'm thinking, I really played that when I was a kid. No. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> Watch the human toasty. Yeah. <laughs> it is. But yeah, that was, I remember that being particularly disturbing when I was actually playing it as a, as a child. Yeah, it is. It is really grim. It's such a dark moment because I guess, I mean, it combines, obviously, it's like the main villain. He's got to, he's got to show himself as doing nasty things. But, whoa, like... It was it was for Tomb Raider. It was dark. For Tomb Raider, it was dark because you had the blood, the gore, the violence. Like this guy is tied to a chair and he's being set on fire and electrocuted, and he's screaming. And Lara's up there like, "Oh my God, do something, help or something!" But wow, wow, it's good. Horrible. <laughs> it's very cool. It is. It's very good. I, was, I mean, I didn't play. I didn't actually play Angel of Darkness until like quite late on because okay. I never had a PlayStation Two. Mm, yes. So it wasn't until I had like my own money to spend that I was actually able to buy the game, and that was for PC. So I played it. I was like probably in my teens when I played it. Maybe like I want to say like maybe fifteen. Okay. Fourteen, that's, fifteen that's... years old. So compared to everyone else, I played it quite late. Yeah. And even even at that age, I was a bit like, no, nah, this is too much. <laughs> Ooh, wow. I'm trying to remember now what rating the game got. I'm wondering if it did get like a 15. I don't think it got an 18. Uh, it's literally right here, so I'll have a look. Have a look. 12 plus. 12 plus? I thought it was a 15. 12 plus. God, it would be an 18 today. What kind of dark ass 12 year old used to roam around this place? <laughs> <laughs> so, we've come to the final one. What is your top scary moment? Okay, my top scary moment. Now, I do want to, I do want to say that I also only just recently played this. So, this is a Tomb Raider 3 one. Oh, okay. And I've only recently in the last year completed Tomb Raider 3. Excellent. Because well I would just get to London oh. and my brain would just shut down. And so, um, I on my last playthrough, I was like, no, we're playing it, we're finishing it, yep. I don't care. And I basically just kind of bit the bullet and I, you know, got through London and then I got to Antarctica. Yeah. And I was on the final stretch. And it is the moment in RX Tech Mines where you are slide, you slide down into this dark room with a grated floor. And the steam coming up and it's dark. And, you know, this very, um, it reminds me a lot of John Carpenter's The Thing. I think yes. it was uh, inspired by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, you're a bit like, well, what fuckery awaits me down here? <laughs> what fresh hell is going on? <laughs> and so, you know, you've got no, you've got no choice but to, like, you know, just explore the room because yeah. it's Tomb Raider. And so I was going along, and that big super mutant came jumping out of the, the door with that mute that um, oh, I, I don't, even, I can't even like explain the sound effect, but you know which one yeah. it is, right? Yeah. And yeah, and I remember like absolutely in my pants, I was like, no, no. <laughs> and so I just pulled my guns out and I was doing backflips away from it. 
I didn't know they could jump though. Yeah. But as I was back flipping away, the super mutant was jumping towards me. I was like, ah! <laughs> and this was just last year. So, <laughs> at my big age. Wow. They so, yeah, are... that takes the number one spot for me. I do not blame you at all. Those things. <laughs> I remembered in Alfredo's uh, recent playthrough that there were mutants in the later Antarctica levels. I couldn't remember how they were introduced. I couldn't remember that you find one on the floor inside a hut and you can approach yeah, it and, and just then like, it's like flailing uh, around yeah. and spitting poison. It's like, whoa, that's terrifying. But then we went through and it was in RX Tech and it's where the super, the bigger mutants are. I had completely forgotten those were a thing. So that was a nice surprise. That was like, what the... F yeah. They're good. They're really good at lulling you in. Not even into a false sense of security because you don't feel safe at any point. No. It's like and into thinking maybe it's not going to get worse. It's like, oh, okay, this is this is the fear level now. And then yeah, something yeah. else happens. Yeah. And the thing is, I think Tomb Raider... I don't know what it is about Tomb Raider 3, but Tomb Raider 3 for me has always just seen that little bit darker than the previous two. Quite like just the atmosphere is just creepy. I don't know. Just straight from the get-go. Even the house. When yeah. I remember I used to play in the house as a kid, it was just creepy. The, the atmosphere was just eerie. It was, I can't even explain it. There's something about that game Ooh. that I just thought was just a bit disturbing. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's really cool. That's good to know. I think a lot of it may have been Winston as well, because he's you know creepy old man. Quite possibly. His little tea tray. But also, it is a very dark, it's a much darker environment. I mean, the lights are all sort of muted and stuff anyway, but... The walls within Croft Manor, they're like a darker mahogany rather than the sort of brighter colours that you see in the previous two games. So I wonder if yeah. that's got anything to do yeah. with it as well, as sort of a, a gloomier atmosphere. That's really cool. Maybe, possibly. See, I didn't even like going into the um, into Tomb Raider 3. I didn't even like going to do the get the racetrack key. No. Because again, I, I didn't trust those fish. <laughs> so because of the because <laughs> of the piranhas piranha in the jungle. under a house. <laughs> So even then, I was a bit like, oh, we're going to go to the racetrack. Oh, we're going to go to the racetrack. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on Radiocast today. It has been an absolute pleasure having you. Oh, that's all right. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I would love it if you wouldn't to come back at any future point as well. We oh, yeah, just let me know. Anything and everything. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Take care, everyone, and thanks for listening, and have a fantastic Halloween. Or, whenever you listen to this episode, have a nice spooky time. Bye! Bye-bye. <laughs>